I started this morning on a teaching. I really, really love this because when the Holy Ghost gave this to me this morning, uh, I was so grateful. I told my wife, I says, uh, I, God gave me a message last week I'm ready to minister on, but if he wanted to give me anything else, and probably about uh, 2 o'clock this morning, something like that, 1.30, 2 o'clock, uh, he began to talk to me so you know that uh, how long I've been up, huh? And I'll, also, when I got here this morning, of course, very early, uh, I, God showed me this is what he wants me to do. So I'm so grateful to the Lord, all those who are listening out there. We're going to be talking about Genesis chapter, 15, chapter 3, and that's where we want to go now. We're leaving the book of Revelation, going to the book of Genesis, because we want to show you what already happened. When you realize that the Old Testament is finished, and everything that went with the Old Testament is finished. That's why we had to have a new covenant. God gave us the new covenant through the blood of Christ Jesus our Lord. As a matter of fact, he just didn't give it to us. He gave it to Israel. And because Israel rejected the new covenant, then God gave it to us and we received it. Amen. All right. So this new covenant is only given to those who will receive it. All right. So in the book of Genesis chapter number three, uh, I'm going to be reading verse, start with verse number 13. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 13. We're going to read that down to verse number uh, 16. And then we're going to give you our subject. Genesis chapter 3, we're reading out the King James Version. Verse 13 says, And the Lord God said to the woman, what is, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shall thy goat, dust thy art, and shall dust thy share tongue, and also all the days of thy life. I will put enmity, verse 15 is the verse I want. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. Now we know the woman is Eve here, but the woman is Israel later on. All right, you always, those little notes you have to always have. Verse 15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. Her seed shall bruise your head. Your seed shall bruise his heel. So we know what happened to Christ. They pierced his hand and his feet. Unto the woman, he says, <coughs> excuse me, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. Now, he's not talking about women having a baby. That's what people take that as. He's talking about Israel going through tribulation. Uh, and unto the woman, he says, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception in sorrow shall thou bring forth children, and thou desire shall be to thy husband, which is Christ, and he shall rule over thee. Okay, that's what that means, okay? So you always understand the word of God is spiritual, not natural. All right, now what I want to do this morning, I would not be able to go over this morning for those who listen to it this morning on our podcast, YouTube, Facebook, and all those media uh, Thank you for that, but I would not be able to go back through that again. I, I'm going to have to move on. This morning I talked about the seed, Genesis 3.15. The seed, 
I told you last week that you could not be born again without the seed. So that's why I want to continue on. God gave me that. So in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. This morning, we talked about the seed of the serpent. Now, the seed of the serpent ended in the book of the Old Covenant. That's what they, Jesus meant. Let's go now, start off with Matthew 24, because that's where we were when we left off this morning. The Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 24. Remember, the seed of the, of the serpent was the Old Testament. That's what you want to always remember. Say that with me. The seed of the serpent was the Old Testament. The seed of the woman is the New Testament. Now, if you can remember those two things, you can realize that the seed of the, of the serpent was already destroyed. That's why you had the flood. I'm going to show you that this morning. That's why you had the flood in Genesis, to destroy the seed of the serpent. It doesn't mean that people are not going to die and go to hell if they're not saved. I told you this morning, as a matter of fact, I gave you an illustration of a parachute. Now, God showed me this yesterday because I've been, I've been teaching on things uh, uh, 40-some years. But he showed me yesterday to tell him about the parachute. He says, two men were on an airplane. Both of them was having a drink. Now, that's normal for men on airplanes. But one man happened to be a born-again believer. But he celebrated with the guy and had the, uh, whatever they drank. And then they had problems with the plane. And the man who was a Christian told the man who was on the plane, I'm not worried. I have a parachute. So I'm just going to jump out and I'm going to be okay. I'm going to land to the ground. I'm going to go ahead on. I was saved because I had a parachute. Do you have a parachute? No. But you're going to have to get off the plane because it's about to crash. So you're going to die on the crash or you just jump off the plane. So both jumped off the plane, make a long story short. One man died and went to hell because he wasn't saved. And the only reason he wasn't saved wasn't because he took a drink. Not meaning you should be drinking. Because that's your body. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. But both of them had this drink. Celebrating something, you know. And that man did not have a parachute. He died and because he did not have a parachute, his soul was not saved. He did not have the Holy Spirit. So that man died and went to hell. So they didn't die and go to hell because they did not have, because they drank that, that martini or whatever, right? They didn't go to hell because he was baptized in water in Jesus' name. Because baptism in water in Jesus' name is not going to save you if you don't have a parachute. Now, that, you ought to be able to realize that, right? It's not going to save you, is it? If I tell the Lord, well, I've been baptized in water in Jesus' name, and I jump out that airplane, I'm going to burst hell wide open. I'm going to enlarge it. So my point is, all this stuff folks are arguing about has nothing to do with your salvation. It can't save you. If you, can, if you can reason with me and say, if you jump out of an airplane with no plane, with, I'm sorry, with no parachute, Pastor, I still think my water baptism will save me. You lie to yourself big time. Matter of fact, over and over. You're not. You're going to die and go to hell. 
All right. So my job is to tell you the parachute of the Holy Spirit is the Christ that's in you. He's the only one can save you. All right. Now let's go to work. Now, the Old Testament is what I want you to understand. The Old Testament is what's already happened. So when the Bible talks about the end, we saw that this morning in Matthew chapter 24. This went off in my spirit all night. Uh, I'm going to be in Matthew, so uh, let's go to Matthew 30, uh, 24, start there. We're going to do Matthew, but I'm going to pull up a little, a little sooner in verse 13. So in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 13, I'm going to be talking about the seed of the woman. You want to talk about the word seeds first, two seeds. That's what you want to put there first, two seeds. Number two, the seed of the woman. You already should have had two seeds. Number one, the seed of the serpent. That's why I talked about this morning. So if you did not get a chance, you can always uh, look on your Facebook again. You'll see it the rest of the day. Or you can go to the storehouse and get a DVD, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, or wait till you get to the podcast. But make sure you watch those because remember I said this. This is going to show you. The seed of the serpent was only in the old covenant. That's why you had the flood. I'm going to show you all of that. All right, so Matthew chapter number 24. And we want to go back to verse number 13. So people are arguing about, you know, the Lord's going to come and, just, and uh, the last days and all this stuff. See, you've been lied to like I was. I just admitted and came out of it. I admitted and quit it. I've been lied to. They got me and I won't get me no more. All right, Matthew chapter 24 and verse 13 and 14. We're going to start there. It said, but he that shall endure to the end. Now he's talking about the word, uh, if he'll last to the end. Uh, the same shall be saved. Now remember, you're in Old Testament. So Jesus let them know, if you can endure to the end, you, you can be saved. Because they had to go through the worst of all times at that time. And verse 14 said, and this gospel. Now you can see what gospel they preach. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations. Talking about all nations of Israel. There was 12 nations in Israel. And then shall the end come. Once again, he's telling them, if you can endure to the end, I'm talking about from the time Christ came, because you had another 40 years. Now, how can I tell you that in knowing what I'm talking about? Because everything that the Bible gives you in the new covenant has to be revealed. But you can't know the new covenant until you know the old covenant. Now, when Moses came out of Egypt, how many years did they live in the wilderness? I told you this morning, you should know by now. Forty years. All right. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, died being raised from the, from the dead, he was 30 years old. I'm sorry, 33. It was A.D. 30. Jesus lived 33 years. So from A.D. 30, which was, which was when Christ died, A.D. 30, from A.D. 30 to A.D. 70 was how many years? So if you understand that, you know how long Israel had to go from the time Christ died and buried and raised again from the dead. How do you know that? Because if I go back to the killing of the lamb in Egypt, it was 40 years later they supposed to, they, not they supposed to, but they entered into the promised land. Now, they entered into the promised land 30 years later. Now, they could have 
got to the promised land sooner. But because of their lifestyle, they disobedient. Now they had to go through the wilderness for 40 years. That's the same thing you see in here. So when Christ died, made and raised again from the dead, Israel had to go through persecution and tribulation and all this stuff until they get to grace. So the promised land was just like grace. Before they got to grace or the dispensation of grace, that's when Christ would come. And when grace came, if you read Peter, the Bible said the grace of God came by Jesus Christ. Titus chapter 1, Titus chapter 1, uh, verse, uh, I might not quote that, verse 11, I want to say. But Titus also told us the exact same thing. Titus chapter 2, verse 11, I think it is. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared. Yeah, Titus chapter 2, verse 11. All right, so I like to quote things, you know what I mean? I don't like to just say things. If it's a word, I tell you. If you sitting there, if you know if I try to quote something, no, it's 211, Pastor. You know, that's, that's what I need. I want my church to get so that I can make a mistake and they'll say, no, it's 211, Pastor. I got that. My job is to teach you to get you there. All right, let's move on. Now, the Matthew chapter 24, let's go over and, and continue to read that because that's where we're going to start today. Look at verse number uh, 34 now. I'm not reading verse 13 to 18. I, get, I read you that this morning. Uh, verse number 18, I'm sorry, 34, 24, 34. Verily I say to you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Now, I want the people in the back to do me a favor. Is to show me that in the NLT. Just one verse. Matthew 24, 34. And just one verse. I just want you to hear it from the NLT. Because sometimes people can hear things a certain way, and it's, oh, I can see that, I can see that now. So, you, so that's why you have translations. The King James is our teaching, but we can show you this. Uh, Matthew 24, 34, in the NLT. Are you listening? Uh, are you watching? It's on the screen, right? It says, I tell you the truth, this generation would not pass from the scene until all these things take place. Matthew 24, 34. Now, one translation says, until all these people are dead. All these people that are living are dead. Well, 83. Now that's what happened when the days of Moses. All the people that left out of Egypt, only two people was alive when they went to the promised land that came out of Egypt. I'm not talking about the, the Leviticus priesthood. I'm talking about uh, those armies, those 80,000 people. Only Joshua and Caleb was alive because they had another spirit. They believed God. All the other people died in the wilderness. When they, when they, all the people went to the promised land were born in the wilderness. 20 years and older if they came out of Egypt. 20 years and under if they came out of Egypt. And now all these people went into the promised land. Well, but two people, 80-some years old. Josh and Kate. I'm not talking about the living priesthood. All right. So just to give you that. Now let's move on. Uh, that gets you, gets you caught up. This morning I read, uh, let's go now to verse 37 because that's going to bring us to our verse. All right. Verse 37, Matthew 24, 37 out the King James Version. That's where we are. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. Now why he said that no covenant is because they didn't have the Holy Spirit yet. 
Let's move on. That's why they couldn't know. Not even the angels of heaven, not even, only my father. See, the father is the Holy Ghost. But as the days of Noah, so Jesus is going to tell them, because they knew about the days of Noah. They said, as of the days of Noah. Now, if you read Noah, it'll say before the flood. It may say it here. Yeah, next verse will. But as the days of Noah were, so also the coming of the Son of Man be. So he's telling them, the Son of Man going to come just like it was in the days of Noah. And verse 38 says, as in the days of Noah, then they're going to say this, before the flood. Remember, Noah came before the flood. Noah was there before the flood. All right, watch this. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not. Now he's telling you it's going to be just like that before the flood. Now you got to understand something. Jesus told them it's going to be just like in the days of Noah, before tribulation. That's what the flood means. Matthew chapter 7 will tell you that. It's tribulation. So otherwise, before the flood, that's what they were, how they were living. Until the ark was finished, and when the ark was finished, the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, the flood took the righteous up. So if you can see that as the coming of the Lord. The righteous went up to be with the Lord. That's what they said. We're going to meet the Lord in the air. Well, they met the Lord in the air because they were in the ark. So if you want to know what the air means, they was on top of the water. Type of in the air. So they met the Lord. These people met the Lord because they were in the ark. Now all of them that was not in the ark died. And that's why only eight people were saved. So that's why when I showed you, not me, but when the Lord showed you Matthew chapter 19, maybe look at that now. It says, so shall it be when the Son of Man come. See, that was the same thing that happened to them. They were taken away. The flood took them away. But I'm going to read all the way down to verse 40, uh, 44. So in verse 40 it says, then shall two be in the field, one left, other shall be taken. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, one taken, other left. Watch therefore, you know not what hour your Lord does come. Now he's talking to Israel. Be it known that, be, but know this, that if the good men of the house had known the watch, the thief would not have broken into his house. He would, not, he would have watched. He would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready. Now he's, he can't be talking to you because Jesus never ministered to Gentiles. Be ye also ready for such an hour you think not the Son of Man coming. Now he's already telling them when, when he's going to come. All right. Now I wanted to give you that to, to start us off. Now I gave you Genesis all, already but let's, I gave you Genesis chapter 3. I gave you Genesis chapter 6 for those who take notes. Now let's go back to Genesis 6. I'm sorry. And I want to show you that I'm not going to be able to read all that because I got to finish this today. These two tapes got to be done today. So Genesis chapter number three, chapter six, I'm sorry, was the flood. He just told you as in the days of Noah. What happened in the days of Noah? All those people who was in the flesh died. It's going to happen the same way. It happened the same way when Christ came. All those people who were still in the flesh died. 
All flesh died when Christ came. That's why Christ had to die. Jesus had to die, let me say it that way, because all flesh had to die. When the, when the gospel of Christ came, when the gospel of grace, I'm sorry, began 2,000 years ago, God put all men in the spirit. See, this is one of the great things that God done for us, and all we have to do is believe his word and live for him. My sister asked me this morning, what does it mean to give God the glory? To give God the glory, I'm going to show it to you this morning. Make sure you write there your notes. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Start with reading verse 14. Because, see, people would say with their mouth, but they won't live for God. All right, that's giving God the glory. All right, Genesis chapter number 6. We're going to, we're going to read this because God told uh, Noah to build an ark. Genesis chapter 6. Man was wicked. So in Genesis chapter 6, verse 1, it came to pass when men, be, I'm going to start verse 1, thank you. I'm gonna, let's go to start at verse 1. Men began to multiply on the face of the earth. Daughter was born unto them. Now I gave you Genesis chapter 5 last week. I want to go back to that verse. Let me do that. And I'm going to start reading that verse. I need to do that. Uh, 1 through 5. Let's go to Genesis 5, 1 through 5. I need to do that because I want to convince you by the word that it was more people on the earth than just Cain and Abel and Seth. It was, we talked about it last week, so y'all get the calculation out, you know what I'm going to ask you. Genesis chapter number 5 and verse 1. We're on the screen, that's why I'm waiting on Genesis 5 and 1. This is the book of the generation of Adam. See, Adam had his own generation. So you get to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see this is the generation of Jesus Christ. I'm waiting for the screen. Uh, Genesis 5, 1. There we go. This is the book of the generation of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day they were created. And Adam lived and 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness, in his image, I'm sorry, and likeness, and called his name Seth. Now, if you notice, he didn't say anything about the one that died. How many can see what I'm saying? All right, let's read verse number two again. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day they were created. And God lived, and Adam lived 130 years and, and begat a son, and begat a son in his own likeness and his image and called his name Seth. What, what, what's missing in that verse? Cain and Abel. Exactly, right? So we already know Cain killed Abel. Now you're getting into the righteous generation. Because Cain was, was not really Adam's son. Cain was Eve's son. I told you this morning, listen to me. I know you, just listen. I want you to get this in your spirit. Cain was the devil's son because he was the first born of Adam. See, you got to listen to me. The firstborn of Adam is flesh. I'm going to show you that pattern all the way through the world, all the way through the word of God. That's why Abraham's first son, God couldn't use it. 
See, Cain's first son was Adam. That's why he's called child of the devil. It was the child of the flesh. It was his flesh. His flesh got that. But, the, but this boy, Seth, God got him. The spiritual son. If I go through all of the people in the old covenant, if I say Abraham and Isaac, they had a flesh son and a spirit son. If I go to Jacob and Esau, they had, see, if you know your Bible, that's why I'm showing you got to know the book. That's what that represented. Cain and Abel. Abraham had two sons. How many know what their name were? That's when you jump and shout. That's when you say, hey, hallelujah. What their name was? Ishmael and Isaac. Which one was first? Ishmael. He was the flesh son, right? Then you have the next son called what? Jacob and Esau. Jacob pulled his by the heel and he came forward. So the other, so the other boy really was first. He was the flesh son. Esau was a flesh son. And you know what God, what he wanted him to do? Want Esau to reign. What's the next two sons? See, all the way down through the word of God, every king, all the way down, when they wanted to use people to reign, they wanted to use the flesh, and God was not going to use flesh. What God destroyed in Genesis 6 was flesh. So when the Bible said in Romans 9, 13, Jacob have I loved. Esau have I hated. Why did he say that? God don't hate anybody. He was talking about flesh. Esau represents the flesh man. Jacob represents the spirit man. Who got the inheritance? Jacob did. All right. So here in Genesis chapter 5, verse number 3 once again, and Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after the image of God, image called his name Seth. And all the days of Adam after he begat Seth were 800 years and begat sons and daughters. So I asked you last week, if Adam lived and begat sons and daughters, how many years? 800 years now. And I asked her, how old was this country that you're living in? Then you saying, you're saying, God bless America. How old is it? I told you last week. That's why, you know why I get on your case? Because I asked you to write that down. You had that in history. You had that in high school. America was 1492, right? I had a young man, young man back there. You're going you're gonna to do it today. Your name is Jeremiah. Jeremiah. How old is America? So you just celebrated Memorial Day. What do you remember? You don't remember how old place you live in? Y'all got 1492 yet? I'm giving some of y'all mathematicians time. Y'all gonna Google. Google how old is America? 500 what? 530? Now, if America is 530 years, and how many people live in America? That's the next question I want you to ask. Don't say 10 million, because that's how many in Michigan. Come on, I mathematician. I'm on my tape now. I'm on my time. If you're going to say something, I need to hear what you're going to say. How many going to straighten me out? How many correct me? Well, say something. 
Y'all got a Google and can't get it. If you ask Google, Google will tell you. You know what Google will say? I'm on it. I need to hear you. 245 what? Years old. Okay, so you're not counting 1482. There you go. You're going back to 1776. Okay. But anyway, here's my point. My point is, if we look at all this stuff we're looking at, how many people in America in the last 200 some years or 300 years? Google, just Google, ask Google how many people in America. It's not hard. 300 million? 300 million. Okay, will somebody write that down? I asked the same question last week. 369 million. Okay, now, now write that in your Bible somewhere. 329 million? Okay, so that gives us some kind of point, right? Otherwise, if, if, if it's 200, less than 300 years, and we got, can I say, how many million can I say to be close? 300 million. All right. If I said 300 million, then if this man, let me read this again. For 800 years. Verse 4 said the days of Adam, of Adam as he begat Seth were 800 years. If you got sons and daughters. Now you beget sons and daughters for 800 years. It ought to be more than in America, wouldn't you think? And yet God said there would be only eight people saved. You know why? People don't believe the Bible. People take this as a storybook. And God telling you how to be saved. So they asked Jesus Christ, who then could be saved in Matthew chapter 19? And you know what Jesus says? With men, it is impossible. Can't you see why it was impossible with men? Because Christ had to die for all of them. And nobody could save themselves. That's why I want to show you that, that Christ had to die for all men. So, so when you hear people today telling you that they got water baptized to be saved, that is an insult in God's eyes. And he told you, I'm going to show you in the word. All the days of Adam lived were 930 years and he died. 930 years. So we believe that during the days, now we're talking about just the one Adam got. That's ain't all these other folk. If you go back to the genealogy, all those people begat sons and daughters before the flood. Ain't that right? Because you read this, right? You, ain't that right? Y'all ain't reading no Bible. Are y'all reading y'all Bible? Okay, please do that for me, okay? All right. Now, let's move on. Because if you go down and start reading Genesis chapter number uh, 9 and 10, you're going to begin to see all of these begats. Y'all read through the begats too? Okay. Hmm. All right. If I go to every one of these guys, if I go to Shem, Shem has a genealogy of begotten sons and daughters. You do understand that, right? So my point was the people was full. This earth was full of people just like it is today. And only eight people got saved. 
That's why Jesus told him the same thing would happen to this generation. Let's go look at it. Matthew chapter, we're going back to Matthew 24. I'm not done with that. Just want to show you something in Matthew chapter 19. See, we take for granted that we all right. It's not a game. Hell is too long and too hot for you to play with. There's no going and coming out. You can forget that. We get all, forget all the myth. Matthew chapter 19. In Matthew chapter 19, the rich young ruler, I'm, I'm not, you can read that, I'm just showing you what it is. You, when you start Matthew chapter 19, you can start reading with verse 16. Uh, that he asked Jesus a question, I would do that. Verse 16, it says, and behold, one came and said to him, good master, what shall I do then? What shall I do that I might have eternal life? So we talk about living forever. We're not talking about going to visit. And Jesus said to him, why, why call me good? There's only one good, and that's God. But if you would be in it, but if you would enter into life, keep the commandment. Now remember, nobody kept the commandment, so he's just going through his, what he did. And then Jesus is going to tell the rich man something. And when he, when he asked him, verse 25, he said, when the disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, who then can be saved? Because the rich man couldn't be saved, who's going to be saved? This man said he kept the commandments. And Jesus said, one thing thou lacketh, sell all you have, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. Because you still couldn't be Jesus' disciple unless he was able to leave all and follow Jesus. If you go back and study Matthew chapter 10, they could not take no purse, no script, no money, nothing with them. They had to totally trust God to be his disciples. So don't be letting nobody day tell you about no disciple. See, that's stupid stuff. That's Old Testament. Just try to be a son. All right. And let's move on. The rich man. Let's move on. He's he going to tell him. Look at verse 26. That's where we at. Matthew 20, uh, 19, 26. But Jesus beheld him and said to him, with men, this is impossible. So he's telling them to be saved, with you is impossible. You can't be saved. You can't, there's nothing you can do to be saved. That's why he's here. That's what he was saying. That's why I came. If you can save yourself, why should I come? I think people, when people hear being saved, they show religion until they get into it. Well, do you believe in once saved, always saved? You know, I, I don't have time for that. Do not ask me that stupid question. Please. With man, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So that's why, that's why he said that. Now let's go and show you uh, 2 Corinthians. I'm, let me finish Matthew while I'm there. Matthew 24. Or did I finish that? Matthew 24. And I suppose to read uh, uh, as in the days of Noah. That's why I was. Verse 36. And then I go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 14. But of the days and hour, here we go. But of, the, of that day and hour, knoweth no man, no not the angels in heaven, but of God only. But as the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Why is he going to use the days of Noah? I'm going to go back to Genesis 6 and I'm going to show you. In the days of Noah, all, verse 13, all flesh died. Why that's so important? Because that's what happened when Jesus died on the cross. It was the end of all flesh. If I could say that a thousand times, I would. You cannot remain in the flesh and be saved. 
It ended. What are the days and hour knoweth no man but my father's on it? But as the days of Noah were, so should the coming of the son of man be. As in the days they were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and married and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered into the ark. And they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So that's the same thing he said to them. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians. He's, he's not talking. The Old Testament, I told you that, that word to seed, semicolon or colon, and then you can put the word the seed of the woman. That's second service. First serve with the seed of the serpent. Well, the seed of the serpent is not in our dispensation. I'm going to show you a little later on. Uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians for you. Let me show you this for you. Then I go show you that. You don't have the seed of the serpent in your dispensation. That was the seed of Cain. All right. Uh, I'm going to 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 14. The love of Christ constrains us. That word constrain means control. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Now, why did he die for all? That all flesh died. You understand that? All right. And that he died for all, that they which live should not, should not henceforth live unto themselves. Now, my sister asked me a question. What is giving God the glory? Giving God the glory is living for him a Christian life. See, when you live in the spirit, you're giving God the glory. Living in the spirit means to walk after the spirit, walking in love. That's giving God the glory. If you are still not saving you in the flesh, you cannot give God glory in the flesh. God said, let no flesh glory in his presence. Do you understand? You've got to be born again just to give God his glory. Giving him the glory is giving him what he paid for. And that he died for all. We're in verse 15. 2 Corinthians 5, 15. And that he died for all. They which live also should not henceforth live unto themselves. But unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we know no man where? After the flesh. See, that's what happened. At the cross, God got rid of flesh. We don't know nobody after flesh anymore. Yea, though we have known Christ after flesh, yes, henceforth now know we him no more. Because therefore, if any man, somebody say any man, amen. say it loud like you mean it. Amen. Say it loud like you mean it. Amen. Any man be in Christ. You got to be in Christ. You got to have a parachute. Got to have the Holy Spirit. It's not because you're a member of faith. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? Come on, how, who is a what? In a new creature, the spiritual man. See, you're not a natural man no more. That's why I always tell people, you know, I heard people say that to me. Well, you know, we all, we all, we all flesh. We all, no, you are you flesh. No, we are all flesh. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. If he's a new creature, you're a spiritual creature. Old things, to my flesh, I passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God. He's already done it. 
who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and given to us the ministry of reconciliation. What do you mean? To witness that God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. What do you mean by not imputing their trespasses? Because he died for all their sins and they didn't have none left. That's why one day I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you in the book of Romans, I'm not going there, Romans chapter number six, when you read it, you are dead to sin. So that's why what happened, that's why Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ, put it on the screen, Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I'm crucified with Christ. It's not just crucified, I suffered with him. I'm crucified with him. I died with him. I buried with him. I'm risen with him. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, if you be risen with Christ. See, everything you believe is what happened in the spirit. So when you say, I believe Christ died my sin, buried in my place, God raised him from the dead. He not just buried in your place, he was buried for you and is buried as you. So God see you already dead, already buried, and already resurrected. That's why if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. You are resurrected now. See, that's why I tell people you were saved by grace. That's why Ephesians chapter 2 is so important. It says you were saved already. People just, you, you, you read the Bible, you got to believe what it says, then the Holy Ghost will show it to you. He cannot say anything, say it with me, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Say it loud, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. cannot show me what I can't believe. Okay. He can't show it to you. Let's go to Genesis chapter 6. The Holy Ghost cannot show you what you don't believe. When you don't believe the word, he can't show it to you. So when Jesus said the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Ghost comes, he would take a mind and show it to you. Well, he can't show it to you if you don't believe. You can't read this book like, I don't, I don't know what that's. He can't show it to you. You just messed that up. You got to believe first, and then the Holy Ghost will show you. Old covenant was just the opposite. That's why so many people pre preach the old covenant. Because the old covenant, God show you first, then you believe. That's not the way it is in the new covenant. New covenant, you got to believe first. <laughs> and then God will show you. You got to take God at his word. Genesis chapter 6 is where we're going. Now, as in the days of Noah... As in the day, I'm not going to be able to read all of Genesis chapter 6, but I'm going to show you what happened in Genesis chapter 6. All flesh died. They got to understand something. What happened in Genesis chapter 6 is what happened at the cross. I just showed you that. It was the death of flesh. Death of Jesus means the death of the flesh. Say it with me. The death of Jesus means the death of the flesh. Right. His death was my death. So when I received Jesus Christ as my Savior, his death was my death. So I received his, his life. I re his death was my death. And if I'm a new creation, that means now I live for him. And if I don't live for him, I'm not a new creation. All right. Now, in Genesis chapter 6, I'm not going to read. I'm just going to read verse 7. Let's go to verse 7. Genesis 6 and 7. And I'm going to start reading verse 11. Genesis chapter 6, verse 7. Then I'm going to skip down to verse 11. There we go. 
And the Lord says, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Both man and beast and creeping things and the fowls of the air, it repented me, God says, that I have made them. But no, we see it, something else happened at that same time. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But let's go on and look at verse 11. Skip down to verse 11. The earth also was corrupt before God. The earth was filled with violence. And God said, and God looked upon the earth. Behold, it was corrupt, all flesh. You want to underline that word? Because that's who they were. If you came out of Adam, you were flesh. All flesh had done what? Corrupted his way upon the earth. And this is what God said in verse 13. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh. When the Bible says the end will come, he's talking about the end of the flesh. Let me say it again. When Jesus talked about the end of the world, he's talking about the end of flesh. So that's why in Matthew chapter 9, they asked him who then can be saved. They were thinking about flesh. The Lord letting them know, you're not going to be able to save yourself. I'm destroying all flesh. And when I rise from the dead, I'm going to be a new creation and you will too. Now you can receive that or you can keep walking in your flesh and walking out for your flesh. Let me show you what's going to happen. Write this down. I go to it next. Uh, Galatia uh, chapter 5. Uh, I'll, I'll show you that because if you, if, you, if you walk out the flesh, you're going to die. I'm going to show you that. We'll go to that next. We're in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 13 one more time. And God said the end of all flesh. So when the Bible talks about the end of the world, the end is coming. How long shall it be for the end? He's talking about the end of all flesh. The end of Satan. Because I'm going to show you Satan had to be destroyed by the woman. The woman had to crush his head. I gave that in Genesis 3.15. All flesh is come before me. The earth is filled with violence through them, through the flesh. Behold, I will destroy the flesh with the earth. And that's what he did. All right, now with that in mind, we got to move on. Uh, let's go to Isaiah. I got some things, just put them in order, because I'm not going to be able to go that right now. Isaiah 7, 14, talking about the seed of the woman. Isaiah 7, 14, we're going to have to move quickly. I got 12 minutes. Isaiah chapter 7. You can always do this a little later. Isaiah chapter 7, and we want to look at Verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold a virgin. Now remember he used the woman Mary as a type of Israel in her purity. Let me say it again. He used Mary as a virgin as a type of Israel in her purity because she had not gone through yet. But the key was, in her purity, she will bring forth a son. Do everybody understand what God doing? Okay, that's why he used a virgin. He's using her because he wants to show you Israel in her purity. All right. 
Because remember, she will be saved in childbearing. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she call his name Emmanuel. That's why I told you we don't sing that now because Emmanuel means God with us. We have moved to another part of God and that means God in us. All right. There he was just with them. He doesn't, he doesn't stop being with you. He doesn't stop being for you. Okay. But when you talk about Christ, he covers everything. All right. In verse number 16, I'm sorry, verse 15. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse evil and choose the good. He's talking about the word. For, be, for before the child shall know to refuse evil and choose the good, the land that, ab, that abhorreth shall be forsaken of both her king. He's letting them know when they're going to happen. That happened in the day of Christ. All right, let's go over to chapter 9, verse 6. We're moving. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us, see, he's promised them a seed. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. Now I want you to say that with me. A child is born. That's Jesus. Come on this side. You got Jesus. Say a child is born. Say that's Jesus. You have Christ. A son is given. And that's Christ. Right. So you have to understand two things it says. A son is born. Christ is given. See Christ wasn't born. Jesus was born. Because Christ was with the Father in the beginning. Christ is God, all right? So you have to understand. And mark that, you look at it a little later. But here it said the governor, I'm sorry, the government. See, a lot of people in this country still don't think the Lord, the Lord sit on his throne. And they think that the Lord is somewhere up there asleep. Because he don't see nothing going on down here. That's what Israel said. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be up on his shoulder. Now remember, it says shall be. But when did that happen? When he rose from the dead. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his kingdom, that word government, the increase of his government, his kingdom and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord shall perform this. That's why my prayer, one of my prayers every day, that's why 4.15 this morning I'm praying for you. Every day is God show, us, show me his justice. And I, re, I give him about three or four scriptures under the word wicked. And I tell him what he said about the wicked. The wicked shall be revealed. See, people don't realize when you're wicked, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be revealed. See, when you're wicked, everybody's going to know it. You may not have, nobody know my business. They're going to know your business if it's wicked. All right. So I pray that in, in this week, we're going to start seeing justice. Okay. Watch and see. Just watch and see. People do not realize that the Lord sits on a throne and he is Lord of Lords. He is King of Kings. He's not going to be. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this part. And nobody is above his law. That's right. Nobody. 
And God is no respecter person. If you wicked, everybody gonna know you're wicked. God gonna put it on TV. Gonna show the world. Yes, sir. All right, let me move on. Now, let's go to uh, Romans chapter 16, because I said something earlier in verse 20, just one verse. Romans 16, 20. Romans chapter 16 and verse 20. Romans chapter 16. So you realize who to get the glory to. But God don't respect the person. Don't think you're going to get away with anything. <laughs> Romans chapter 16, verse 20. There it is. And the God of peace. Now this is what Paul told the church. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan. Wait a minute. I thought Satan was bruised at the cross. His head was bruised. But he's going to bruise Satan under your feet. Talk to the church. Shortly. Then he told him, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. The, the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. That's why he was telling them that. That happened already. All right. Now, let's, let's show you uh, another one here. Uh, let's go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. That clock ticking, boy. Second Corinthians, I'm sorry, Colossians, not second Corinthians. Colossians chapter number 2, verse 13. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13. And you, being dead in your sin, this is before you got saved, and the uncircumcision of your flesh has he quickened, made alive, together with Christ. See, that's what happened. We've been made alive together with Christ. That's mean if you have received Christ in your heart. You can't do that until you believe his gospel. You have to believe with your heart. Christ died for your sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. When you believe that in your heart and the Holy Ghost, the only one sees your heart, then he will give you the Holy Spirit. That's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. All right. Now, and being dead in your trespasses and sins and uncircumcision of your flesh, he has quickened you together with Christ, being, having forgiven us of all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was the law, which was contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailed it to the cross. Here it is in verse 15. Having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly. He triumphed over them in it. He, all that he did, but still he had, the church had to, triumph, had to triumph also. All right. Now, let me move on. Let's go to Romans chapter number eight. See, God did all this just to make you children, make us sons. That's what a seed is. A seed is a son. We're talking about the seed of the woman. All right. The seed of the woman is Jesus. The son of God is Christ. You just want to make sure we understand the two. All right. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. I want to start there. See, how, how, how do you get saved? See, people think they get saved because they did something. No. You get saved when God gives you a spirit mind. That's why I won't go to Philippians. Philippians says in chapter 2, verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So when God born you again, he gives you a new mind. He gives you a spirit mind that can walk after the spirit. 
He gives you a spirit heart, your mind and your heart, your conscience, the same thing. God washed, Hebrew 9, 14, he washed your conscience from dead work so you can serve the living God. You can't live for God if you don't have the Holy Spirit. I keep telling people that. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can only live after the flesh and walk out the flesh and do the things after the flesh because you do not have a new mind. All right, watch Romans chapter number 8 and verse 5. For they that are after the flesh or walk out the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. This is how you'll know. But they that are after the spirit, they mind the things of the spirit. For to be carnal minded, that's the mind of Adam, is death. You can't get rid of that mind until you're born of the spirit. But to be spiritual mind, that's why they asked Jesus who then can be saved. That's why he said with men is impossible, but with God all things are possible. God have to give you a new mind. If you got the old mind, that's a natural mind, that's carnal minded, that's the death in you. To be spiritual minded is life and peace. You got to have a new mind. Look at somebody say, you got to have a new mind. Yeah. Verse 7 said, the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can be, because it's flesh. So then they that are in the flesh, there it is, cannot please God. You got to be born out of your flesh into the spirit and you're going to have to believe the word and the spirit going to have to do it for you. And he cannot do it until you believe the word. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9, he talks to the church. But you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. So when you're born again, you're born into the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God lives in you, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, you are not his. Now, that's an awesome thing. I'm telling you now, so you don't think you're coming for God. That's what they did in the old covenant. The Lord had the two ways for them. They had to enter into the broad way or the straight way. So they walking up there think they're okay. God says, I don't know you. Now, that, that's not going to happen to you. You're not going to get that far. And verse number 10 says, if Christ be in you, the body is dead. Do you everybody understand what happened here? When Christ came inside of you, the body is dead because of sin. But now the spirit is life because of righteousness. Romans chapter 8 and verse 37. I'm sorry, I can't do that one. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 18. I'm coming to this camera because my time is gone. Paul said in Romans 8, 18, I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the honest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subject the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the abundance of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. What a, what a mighty God we serve. Watch what happened in verse 13. That's the one I forgot to give you. I'm, I'm done. Give me verse 13. I'm going to do that and I'm done. Romans chapter number 8 and verse 13. Romans 8 and verse 13. For if we live after the flesh... You're going to die. If you live after the flesh, or if you remain in the flesh, you shall die and go to hell. But if you through the Spirit 
do modify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So you read Galatia, he told you what all the things is in the body. I'm going to go there. Galatia chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 told you all the stuff that's in your flesh. See, people don't understand. Everybody got to put it, put it away. Galatians chapter 5. Watch what he said. Verse 16. Let's start there. Coming down. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit lusts against the, the flesh, lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the thing that you would. The flesh try to stop you from doing the thing that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you're not on the law. Now the works of the flesh, these are the things you got to modify. Modify means put to death. Everybody have to do it. That's why you need to come to church and get the word. That's why you, when you can't come to church, you need to make sure you turn on your equipment and get the word. You ain't got no time watching all my children all the days of my life and somebody hospital. You got some work to do here. You got to modify some deeds of the flesh. Now you need to find out if any one of these yours and you got to say, well, if they want them mine, I got, some, I got some work to do. Here it is. The works of the flesh. Adultery. Fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresy. I'm not done. He named so many, he had to stop and say, and search life. Envying, murder, drunkenness, reveling, and search life. He said, if any more I didn't miss, or which I tell you before, or which I tell you before, I have also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So Israel, he was letting them know you can't get in the kingdom if you don't modify the deeds of the flesh. So when Christ came on the cross, this is how good God is. When Christ came on to down the cross, he died for, watch this, the sins and with an S of the world. Everything I just named. He died for them all. And all he asked you to do. See, he fulfilled. That's last week's take. Make sure you get it. He fulfilled every jot. Matthew 5, 17, 18. He fulfilled every jot and tittle of God's law. Everything that we did wrong. Christ came and died for it. And all he asked us to do is number one, is believe Christ died for our sin. Number two, Believe Christ was buried in our place. Number three, believe he rose from the dead for me. And then also now receive the Holy Spirit and now just live for me. You don't have to worry about all this stuff. I paid this all. I paid the price for your sin. All you got to do is live for me. And you know, can you do that? Man, my time is up. I thank you for yours and the door of faith is open unto you.
Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.